Hi everyone. Welcome to the third episode of Let's Get Bored. In the previous episode, we explained why we should not try to escape from boredom by offering different philosophical perspectives. In this episode, we will look at depictions of boredom in art. Although boredom is not often accepted as a satisfying feeling, it is interesting to consider it as a subject of artwork. As Susan Sontag once said, The life of the creative man is led, directed and controlled by boredom. Avoiding boredom is one of our most important purposes. Some works of art we will discuss could be the outcomes of bored artists. As mentioned in the previous episode, boredom can lead to creativity. Though for hoi polloi, I mean for common people, there are three cliché cures for boredom, says Peter Tuhi, the author of Boredom, A Lively History. And these three remedies are drugged oblivion, travel and sex. Due to coronavirus, we certainly cannot practice one of those cures right now. Travelling. When Nietzsche claimed even gods are bored, perhaps he was not particularly thinking of Hermes, the Greek god of travel, but I believe Hermes must be the most bored god out there. Nowadays, thanks to the blessings of modernity, it is mostly in the cyber realm where we find solutions to distract ourselves from boredom where we can travel to a virtual reality instead of living in the moment and fighting with our boredom. In the past, however, the physical action of travelling was seen as one of the most prominent means of escaping from boredom. The question is, can travel really cure our boredom? To find an answer, I have chosen some artwork depicting bored travellers for this episode, because we are at home. And talking about artwork depicting the domestic boredom of others would not be as stimulating. Take boredom in Karl Spitzbeck's 1850 painting Der Kaktusliebhaber, The Cactus Lover, for example. It is a depiction of a man gazing at his cactus with disinterested eyes, as if he is about to converse with it out of boredom. This painting would not elevate our present situation. Though we can only empathize with its bored subject, for we all find ourselves holding on to our houseplants nowadays, hoping that they will link us back to nature. On the other hand, justifying the boredom of the traveller could help us feel a little better. To realize that going out or far away would not actually cure our boredom may help us better contemplate our stuck-at-home situation. First of all, getting away may never entirely work as an escape from boredom, as things cannot stay new forever. As fast as something new is experienced, it inevitably becomes boring again. The new will become a variation of the infinite, as Haladin says in his book Boredom and Art. Secondly, and most significantly, boredom itself is not only a cause for travel, but can also be an end result of it. Because all travel starts with a phase that precipitates boredom, which is waiting. 
since the 19th century, checking the time on the giant clocks of train stations every five minutes has been part of the routine of a traveller, until the train arrives. It was Heidegger who once cited boredom of waiting in a train station as an example of failure of someone trying to prevail over his or her sense of being out of time. Apart from shock and wonder, Haladin claims that boredom as a psychological response to travel became a very popular theme in 19th century painting. In his book, The Railway Journey, The Industrialization and Perception of Time and Space, Shivelbush argued that early 19th century characterization of the effects of train travel caused an annihilation of time and space resulting in an extension of boredom. In other words, the relationship between the world and the self was reshaped in response to a novel understanding of time and space. How do we interpret the language of boredom in art? Visual depictions of this feeling mostly feature distant stares, emptiness, yawning, stretching, solitude, hollow gazes and daydreaming. The first two paintings I shall examine are French painter Edouard Manet's Railway, dated 1873, and American painter Gordon Coote's Waiting, dated 1895. Recalling the first episode, we talked about different types of boredom, one of which was situative boredom, boredom caused by waiting. In these works of art, Arguably, the subjects are suffering from situative boredom. Both paintings should be examined under their shared sensation of the Heideggerian being out of time. It is clear that these women share a sense of postponement as something is deferred. Passing the time is a driving away of boredom that drives time on, claims Heidegger. In Manes Railway, the subject is trying to read in order to kill time until her train arrives. Yet, no matter how hard she tries, it does not change the fact that her being is in a sense put on hold. Because she is distracted by the painter, she seems to lose her interest in the book, in which she hoped to escape boredom in the first place. The correlation between reading and travel is enhanced in the painting by boredom's strengthened link to train travel. Did you know that in the 19th century, the market opportunity derived from boredom eventually inspired the creation of railway libraries and bookshops? Similarly, in Gordon Coote's Waiting, the subject stylishly suffers from situative boredom. Not only is she exercising Heideggerian being out of time, but she is also out of place. Waiting for a train in a station surrounded by desolate landscape, casting her void gaze, boredom is simultaneously portrayed as the emptiness that surrounds her and the emptiness inside her. Both subjects of these paintings are women. In fact, Bored female traveller was a far more common figure for painters of the 19th century than bored male traveller, mostly because those painters were men. That is why 
I believe boredom of the subject in Manners Railway is different from that of Coote's waiting. In the former, the woman is looking at the painter, or rather she is looking at the onlooker. As Haladin puts it, the women who are looking at us in these self-conscious paintings are recognizing our position in relation to their own marginalized existence. The subject of Manes' painting sees herself as marginalized because she knows that she does not have the same rights as the painter depicting her. The discomfort caused by a man gazing at her is not new to her life. Hence, another type of boredom, the boredom of satiety, persists in Manes' painting. Now, let's talk about the boredom of the travellers who are bored not by waiting, but travel itself. Italian painter Antonio Mancini's painting On a Journey, dated 1903, reflects boredom's fundamental language. An old man, alone and bored, is sitting in a train carriage. His pose communicates boredom with anxiety, his gaze revealing his absence from the moment and giving the weaver hints of daydreaming. The speed of train travel, according to Shivelbush, made it impossible to engage the self with the world outside. This caused a perceptual crisis for those who were previously accustomed to observing the available landscapes with slower modes of travel. Shivelbush claims that attempts to carry the perceptual apparatus of traditional travel with its intense appreciation of landscape over the railway, were in vain and caused boredom. The Long Journey, dated 1923, portrayed by English painter Frederick Robinson, also depicts a scene of boredom from a railway carriage. A young woman is gazing at the weaver, her boredom tempered by mild anxiety, an old man absently stares out from the train window, his vision compromised by the abstract scenery caused by the speed of train. Finally, a child stares into emptiness with a hollow gaze. Because the scenery changes so rapidly, she cannot find a place to focus her gaze, and so she is no longer observing what is outside the window. Although exploring a new world should be exciting for these travellers, they are in depths of boredom. As Haladin claims, Because of boredom, train travel locates the subjects within the interval of repetition that is no longer memory but not yet experienced. Life and being are torn apart. Boredom represents a longing for something that is not there. But can we say that boredom is merely caused by the one who experiences it? This is impossible to claim, states Lars Swenden, the author of A Philosophy of Boredom, because emptiness of the subject and the object is so interwoven. This is especially true for air and sea travel, as their scenery provides a sense of isolation. In Sukioka Yoshitoshi's 1878 woodcut painting titled Full Moon from his series Allusions to the Seven Planets, there are two women travellers on a boat. One is holding a pen 
looking at the writing desk with jaded eyes. The other is gazing at the sea. Their situative boredom could be the result of the long, monotonous seascape. In conclusion, these paintings, examined in light of their similar compositions and depictions of boredom, reveal not only the dimensions of a traveller's boredom, but inform us about the artist who attempted to devise boredom as a mediating aesthetic standpoint, a manifestation of endurance. We cannot know why the subjects in these paintings are travelling, but we can only imagine that they are in search of something new and different to change the monotony of their life at home. They travel to find greater meanings in their lives, alas, face only more boredom. I want to ask you a question. On your first possible long-distance journey after COVID-19, will you not first relish the liberating sense of being away from the boredom you felt trapped at home? Then, in a short while, won't you try to escape from the boredom caused by the travel itself by seeking refuge in the screen between your palms? In the next episode, we will look at boredom in literature. Thank you for listening.